Welcome to Lamb of God Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Thank you, David. It's a beautiful morning. I know you were probably kept up by the thunder last night. It's still a beautiful day to worship the Lord and glorify His name. As you know from the news, uh, prayerfully op- uh, the state will be opening up soon. Uh, as soon as we hear from the governor, we will let you know and uh, talk about getting back together and worshiping once again together as a community. Uh, certainly have missed you. And if there's uh, one good thing that's come out of this, it's I think it's caused us all to realize how important Christian fellowship is and, and being together and uh, uh, seeing one another and how important each other's relationship encourages uh, us and our walk with the Lord and our desire to uh, love Him and to serve Him. Uh, I've got a little quote I wanted to put up. I think uh, uh, Matthew put that up from C.S. Lewis. The resurrection is the central theme in every Christian sermon reported in the book of Acts. The first act in the history of Christendom is a number of people say they have seen the resurrection. So we know that this was an illusion or some kind of hypnotic trance or some kind of wish, dream wish that Jesus would be alive. We know from the accounts in the Gospels in the book of Acts that Jesus rose from the dead. And the important thing is also you know, you've encountered him, you've looked to him in faith, and you've experienced him by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he is alive. And the key thing is, is how do we live resurrected lives? Recognizing he is already living in us. He is alive and real in us. What I want to do over the next uh, several weeks is we're going to start a series of sermons called The Heart of Christ. We're going to explore what his heart is toward us. And as a resurrected Jesus, how we can encounter him, commune with him, and meet with him as our Savior and Lord. Our text for today is going to be from Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. It's going to be a familiar text, but prayerfully this morning, uh, some insight will be gained and maybe the text will become even more precious to you. So Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Come to me, all who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The first question we're going to ask this morning is, what is Jesus's heart toward us? It's interesting in Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for is the wellspring of life. For so scripture indicates that the heart is not just a physical organ or not just a feeling or emotions like in a romance novel, but it's the very thing that drives us. It's the very thing that uh, motivates us. It's the very thing that uh, reveals our priorities and our goals and what's important to us. And so what is the heart of Jesus? What's the thing that drives him? What's the thing that motivates him? What's the thing, what's his priority? You know, of all the Gospels, it's clearly said one time what his heart is toward you and me. And let's look at it again. In verse 29, toward the end there, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am gentle and lowly in heart. So what motivates me? What causes me to yearn for you and my relationship with you? What is the central thought in my mind? 
in my heart toward you as a resurrected Jesus is that I am gentle and lowly. Some of your translations may say gentle and humble. So what does gentle mean in this context? Okay. It means to be meek or humble. It means you're not reactionary. It means you're not exasperated. It means you're not harsh, but it means that you respond to people with compassion. You see, for many of us, our understanding of Jesus is someone who may be austere and demanding in heart. Why aren't you doing better? Why aren't you trying harder? Why aren't you keeping my commands better? Why aren't you doing a better prayer life? What happened to your Bible reading? Why did you act this way? Austere and demanding is often the way we picture Jesus' heart toward us. I remember being in a cathedral and seeing a beautiful glass, a stained glass window, and Jesus on a throne picturing him as the king, which is totally appropriate, but the harshness on his face is a picture of judgment, and it was almost as if he was the harsh one. Better to deal with him than with the father, because he's so austere. And you can see this in a lot of the medieval paintings, a harsh Christ. But notice he's gentle, he's meek, he's humble. He comes not forcefully, but gently. He's coming with compassion. He's coming understanding your hurts. He's coming under your pain, understand your pain. Keep in mind, he's not silly and unconcerned of heart. You ever try to share a need or a hurt or a pain with someone and they just blow you off as, oh, uh, I've experienced that too. It's not that bad. No, Jesus is gentle and lowly of heart because he's understanding and he knows to procure your pain you're experiencing. And so he's coming to you as gentle and lowly. Lowly also has the implication of being humble. It means to take the low position. It means to voluntarily give oneself in service to another. So the point of Jesus being gentle and lowly is that Jesus is accessible. He's approachable. His heart for you is one of openness. So he's not austere or demanding. He's not consenting and ha- condescending and haughty. He's not silly and unconcerned about your needs, but his arms are wide open. He's ready to listen and have compassion on you, and he's ready to hear your pain and open, listen to your broken heart, and then he's ready to serve you. So one of the first things we need to remember about what is Jesus' heart? His heart is for you. He wants to listen to you, and he wants you to be able to approach him without fear. In the book of John 637, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. You're coming to Jesus. You're coming from help, and you can be assured you won't be rejected. How many times in relationships, friends, family, you've come to help, for help. You've come needy and broken. You've screwed up and you've messed up. And what you got was a wall, what you got was resentment, what you got was people holding it over you that you failed. 
What you got was the, the hand, as people say in the culture today. But that's not what Jesus does. 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I will never give you the hand. I will never say you never lived up to my expectations, therefore I reject you. I am gentle and lowly. I'm understanding and compassionate. I understand your failure, your sin, your mistakes, and I'm ready to receive you. Hug you, love you, and serve you. So this is the Jesus heart. Listening, welcoming, tender, and open. Jesus does not cringe when you walk up. You ever been in a group? And you come up into the group to participate in the discussion and people kind of turn that they don't really like you. They don't really want you there. Jesus never does that. You ever been at work or with some friends or in high school and you talk and you're engaged a little bit, then you turn around and walk away and you can hear them making fun of you behind your back. Jesus would never do that because he's gentle and lowly. He opens wide his arms to embrace you as if you were the only one in the world that he could love. Let me say that again. He opens wide his arms to embrace you, and he embraces you as if you're the only one in the world that he could love. That's what gentle and lowly means. Approachable, accessible, loving, listening, tender, caring, embracing, never rejecting. We'll see that later that Jesus' heart as being gentle and lowly, and I mean later in the series, does not mean mushy or intimidated, but it does mean that he's not severe or dour, but he's gentle and approachable and ready to serve you. Number two, the, number, the second thing we want to look at, what qualifies us to experience Jesus' heart? What gives us the what are the conditions for being able to receive this kind of love and approachability? First, we need to see that, come to me, verse 28, all who are labor and are heavy laden, or it could be translated weary and burdened. So the condition for coming is that you don't have it together. You're not adequate for the task. You're at the end of your rope. You're broken inside. You're saying to yourself, I can't take this anymore. The pain is too great. The grief is too much. That's the kind of person Jesus is ready to come. Weary means to be exhausted from the world and all its activities. It's a weariness of constantly battling power problems and dealing with responsibilities. It's a weariness that... Uh, comes in dealing with all the difficulties of life, all the responsibilities of family work, friends, school, family responsibilities. It's your active life, and you're walking through it, and you feel overwhelmed by all the issues. And so you're weary. Your labor has worn you down, has an active sense to it. Depending on your translation, it may say heavy laden, or burdened. Burden means passive sense. 
In other words, the trials and tribulations of your life came upon you. You didn't have any choice in the matter. It wasn't something that you had done. It's suffering from problems that are coming upon you. That's the conditions that are needed to qualify the heart of Christ. I have to admit, when I first became a Christian and I struggled with some of the Christians I met because they always seemed so adequate, always seemed to have the right Bible verse, always seemed to never have any problems, always seemed to be filled with faith. What I learned later, it was a cover to pretend as if they're victorious, but inside they were hurting and broken. And Jesus wants that inside. He wants you not to get your act together and then come to him. He wants you to come to him because your act is not together and you're broken and you're burdened by life and you're burned out and he wants you to come. Third question we want to ask is, how do you experience this heart of Jesus? How do you come to a place where in your brokenness and your weariness, you can come and find his heart and find him gentle and lowly for you? There's one, it's a couple of conditions. Verse 28, come, come. Another way of saying have faith. Another way of saying is look at me. Come, recognize your neediness and your hopelessness and your tiredness and that you're at the end of yourself and come to a person, Jesus, and have a relationship with him. You want freedom, you want approachability, you want to experience his gentleness, his heart toward you. All he's asking you to do is come. Make the opportunity within your heart. You're going to say, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to come to you. I want a relationship with you. I want to experience you. This gentle and lowly heart is what I need. I want to come to you. Notice the next. Come to me all. All who are weary and heavy laden. Anyone. No matter your national background, no matter your economic status, no matter your personality, no matter your skin color, all come. All are qualified to come. Just come. And then when he, his next statement is verse 29, take my yoke upon you. The yoke here is a positive thing, not a negative thing. It is a reference to a yoke you would put on a two pair of oxen as they would plow a field. Jesus is saying, be yoked to me. And it's a way of him saying, be yoked to who I am and to my teaching and be prepared to follow me. The yoke in Jewish um, first century Judaism often referred to law or teaching. And Jesus is saying, you want freedom? You want fire and newness of life? You want your soul restored? Your emotions healed? Come to me and bind yourself to me and listen to what I have to say. It's oftentimes we want healing. We want restoration. We want it on our terms. Jesus is saying, no, bind yourself to me. Listen to my teaching and be what? You'll be, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Be a disciple. Be a learner. Be one who's willing to change. Uh, Indy and I, at times, we'll watch these Gordon Ramsay you know, cooking shows, and he goes in to restore a restaurant. Restaurant might be 100000 200000 or more dollars in debt. Sometimes they've been open, maybe had a very successful first year. Second year, things went wrong, wrong cook, wrong service. And for six months or more, they've been losing $100,000 a month. 
and they're in deep debt, deeply discouraged. And yet when he's asked to come to fix the restaurant, to say, this is how you can do different. This is how your menu can be different. This is how your cooks can do better. This is how your service can improve. The owners don't want to change. His biggest struggle is trying to get them to be willing to listen and admit, I've been doing it wrong for six months. Now I'm willing to listen to you to get it right. And the humility it takes, especially in many of these cases are men who own these restaurants. The humility it takes to say, I'm wrong. I'm getting it wrong. I'm running the restaurant wrong. And the humility it takes is, I know I'm blowing it. And I'm willing to listen to you. And that's half the battle in that show. Part of the battle for us is, if Jesus is ready to give us his heart, he's ready to heal us in our brokenness, our weariness, and our burdens. He's asking us to come to him, attach ourselves to him, and be willing to be corrected, to willing to learn from him, to willing to follow him, to be willing to change and allow his Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. So that's how you experience the heart of Jesus. You come to him. You are qualified, not because of how good you are, how adequate you are, but you experience him by coming to him, taking his yoke upon you. It means you're going to follow what he says, and you're going to learn. You're going to be willing to be corrected if you've got it wrong. You're willing, where Jesus is right in Scripture, willing to change what you're doing and how you're living and your behavior. So what happens now? What happens when I experience the heart of Jesus? What happens once I touch, attach myself to him and are willing to follow him? It's interesting. Jesus tells us what we will find is I will give you rest. I will give you rest. It's an all-pervading peace that frees me and you from worry, anxiety, and fear. It's the Prince of Peace living in us And we're experiencing his adequacy and his faithfulness to be able to handle life. His rest comes in and ministers to us. Most of our fatigue is a result of our worries, fears, concerns, hurts. When Jesus enters our life and we look to him in faith and we come to him and say, I'm yoked to you. What we experience is him, him lifting us out of our fears. You're freeing us from our fears, him healing our hurts, him taking the burdens off and the worries, him healing the pain of rejection and broken relationships. And he comes and restores our hearts and gives us an all-pervading peace. It's the peace that passes on understanding that Paul talks about in Philippians 4. And how do we receive this rest? Hands out ready to take it. I will give you rest. It's a gift. Nothing you have to earn. You have to apply for. Nothing you have to work for. You open your arms wide and receive it as a gift. Receive his rest. Let it come upon you and take away all the burdens of your soul. And this is the irony of it. When you come and approach Jesus and you take his yoke upon you and you follow his teaching and you're willing to be corrected by him and his rest begins to enter into you as you receive it by faith, life doesn't get harder, 
it gets easier. That's the irony of it all. You expect when you take a yoke, it's going to be heavy. It's going to make life more difficult. And if I follow the teachings of Jesus, it's just too hard. So life now becomes even more difficult. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, look to me in faith and I will give you rest. I take the burden off your back. I give you the power to live the Christian life. I bring the healing to your heart. How do I know this? For ironically, verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For a lot of people, Christian life is burden because they think it's a list of moral um, ethical rules that you've got to keep to make God happy. And that's not what Christianity is about. Christianity is about grace. If you're receiving the heart of Christ and you're receiving his rest, it's all grace. It's a gift. So it makes everything easier in the Christian life. His yoke is easy. His burden is light because we are united to Christ. And therefore, life does not have to weigh it's the weight of life does not have to come upon us, but we can find a new freedom in Jesus. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed, John tells us. Paul says in Galatians, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we're free to now because we've entered his rest and we've experienced his heart for us. We're free to love him. We're free to enjoy Jesus. We're free to enjoy others and think of others instead of ourselves. We're free to live the abundant life and enter into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We're free to ignore Satan and his temptations. We're free from having to be constantly conscious of our sin. Because what we are conscious of is Jesus and his rest and being united with him. We're free from having to be self-righteous because we're not trying to perform to please God. We're free from worldly pressures because we are accepted in Christ. We've been accepted in all our failures and struggles. We don't have to prove anything. We don't have to achieve anything to be uh, accepted and to be thought well of. Jesus has embraced us with his arms, his heart, his approachability. And so we're free from all this performance pressure. And that's the last one, free from performance consciousness. Therefore, Christ's heart gives you rest, and therefore this rest gives you true freedom. So when you think of the heart of Christ for you, don't think of an austere, judgmental God who's wondering why you're not living up to his expectations. Think of a Jesus whose arms are wide open. He feels your compassion. He has compassion for your pain and your suffering. That qualifies you to come to him. And as you come to him, you receive a rest, a peace, a pervading sense of being accepted and loved in God. And as you do, you suddenly find that life's burdens are lifted off, that the yoke of following Christ is easy. It's light because it's about a relationship with him. It's about being united to Christ. So in the next coming Sundays, we're going to continue to look at the heart of Christ for us as believers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for this opportunity to spend time with you. We thank you for the truth that does set us free. We pray this week that as we 
face the struggles of coronavirus or the complications it's brought in our businesses or in our jobs or in our relationships. We pray that, Lord, we would come to you. Come to you, Lord, in our weariness and our heavy lateness, and that, Lord, we would be able to receive your rest and find true freedom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Hope to see you next time.